Wow. I love seeing that. It was uh, hilarious and wonderful. Man, what an honor it is uh, for, for Beth and I on Easter uh, to, to be able to be up here yeah. together and uh, just even seeing our church family in that video. Wasn't that amazing? Amazing, amazing. Oh, what a way goodness. to start Easter Sunday. Yeah, and ha happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday. We're so glad uh, to, to just be a part of it. And it's, it's an odd you know, transition for us uh, to be, be yeah. doing church like this. But man, people have stepped up. I wanted to thank all the families that um, put it, brought in videos and, and oh my goodness, uh, for Mary Beth for putting that together. What a great way to, yeah. to start today. Um, and as, if you haven't um, figured it out, I've got my wife up here today, which is amazing. I know as soon as the, you know, it rolled in and people saw you, they were excited to see you because you're such a huge part of what's going on at Ocean City Church. And uh, I know you're laughing. Yeah. You know, it, it's so funny. We, we've been, you, you could imagine what our household's been like this week, knowing that we were both going to be up here together. Like, so what am I going to say, honey? <laughs> How's this going to go? Um, we weren't stressed at all, though. That's that's the good news. Yeah, we're perfect family, <laughs> the Harmon household. Very peaceful. The kids have been great. Yeah. Um, you know, A-plus on the Harmon home front. Not. Um, <laughs> but I, I did want to just ask you a few questions, and uh, in just in terms of experience, that this year in Easter, besides the obvious, I mean, obviously Easter's different, but what's been different outside of the craziness of uh, where we are as a country and, and the globe? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was thinking about this, that the time we have on our hands has been a little, a little different. For some of us, it's been too much time with confined with little people, maybe, and it's making us a little crazy. Or with um, each other, maybe. Or with each other. <laughs> I love um, you. We can sit close, too, because we, we're already quarantined together anyway. Yeah, so. yeah. but that's okay. You, you stay right here. Okay, I will. <laughs> um, no, I was just thinking, yeah, it's been interesting, I think, to see the burst of kind of creativity yeah. that's happening. So, I mean, it's happening in our house. I, I, I Instagrammed our son, who, who is a little creative. bit of an artist. And because, and I read this quote somewhere, that boredom, and th it's science, that, that boredom, I just let you boredom know. bursts, it's science. it's science, creativity. So it's not bad when your kids are bored. I think we should be applauding that a little more. Yeah. So we've had I've some seen my kids actually, in the house. They've, they've tapped out of Xbox. Like, I've never seen them, like, tap out and go, I, I, I can't. I can't do it anymore. I can't stare at the screen anymore. We don't let them do it anymore. that much, so come on. No. Anyway, um, we're working on that. But also, just seeing people. Um, and I don't want to say that boredom birthed um, Aaron Walsh's oh. new amazing album. you got to listen to that. Um, so the, creative. Our Lamb Has Conquered Death. Um, but but maybe maybe some extra time made him able to actually get it out there yes. and, and put it out there this week. And Seth, how about Seth Lane? Oh, have you seen his art? Absolutely, Seth I saw he's Lane, printing some that you can buy now. It's um, they're amazing. SethLane.com, y'all go look. It's amazing. So, so good. So I think that's kind of been interesting to yeah. see that this time has made people actually able to accomplish things that. Yeah. Maybe they wouldn't otherwise. I love I love all the the texts I've been getting um, through throughout these weeks too, just about missing the church. Yeah. You know, not not yeah. I miss you, Derek, um, but I miss the church. Yeah. I miss the gathering of the saints, and we really miss each other. Like yeah. I get I get the sense that God, and more than ever, I think we've always said, you know, OCC from the very beginning. 
um, we set out to start a family. Like that's the way that we saw church. Um, and it really has become that by yeah. the power of God and by the, by the blood of Jesus, just yeah. the, how, the, how he's connected us. It's not just this cliche thing that we say. I really feel like you guys are family, and we do miss you, uh, but this is not the end of the story, and we, we're going to be back together, and I feel like God's doing something. So I have a big. question for you. Okay. Okay, so you have not had to stress about something this particular <laughs> Easter. Yes. That normally... Gerald, Gerald's like cheering. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Um, um, you want to talk about that a little? What's that been like to not worry about the weather? Uh, you know, honestly, and the weather was, you know, Seth, you got close to the beach today. It was kind of, it's in the middle range and it wasn't raining. We would have done it and it would have been amazing to have the sunrise service. If you've not been with us, it, most years uh, we gather on the beach and it's a, a large gathering. I think last year we were in the five, 600 range of people on the beach uh, for our sunrise service. And it's a beautiful service. It's one that we love doing. Um, but from a production standpoint, it, it looks very simple, but there's some complex things yeah. that go along with yeah. the sunrise service. And that week is stressful. I think Leslie and I probably are the ones that are, you know, a little <laughs> nauseous the entire week because you have to pivot and change. And then we're gonna have to come inside and figure out, you know, if we're going to do one service, two services. But anyway, I honestly, this year, because I think we've gotten really good at doing it on the beach, I was, I was sad. I yeah. mean, I'll just be yeah. honest. And I'll talk about that a little bit more today. But I was like, oh, man, this is yeah. different. Yeah. This feels different. So yeah. We want you to know we really miss you guys. Happy Easter. Yeah. He has risen. You're supposed to say. He has risen indeed. And um, I, I, I was just thinking about old times, you know? Yeah. We've got some some photos I oh, need yeah. to go through. I don't know why this was just this the, the, this. Uh, maybe I'm just getting nostalgic in this season and uh, thinking about how faithful God's been and just mm -hmm. the, the journey that we've been on. So I want, we want to show a couple pictures. And for some of you that don't even know the journey or have been to, at Ocean City Church, maybe you came in 2015 when we moved in this building or you've come you know, after that. There's this whole storyline. And uh, it, for us, it is crazy that we're here, that, yeah. that the church is what it is today and that God's done so much. And so many people have come to know, know Jesus in and through uh, the people here at Ocean City Church mm -hmm. and through God's Spirit, but um, yeah, uh, let's let's see a couple of these pictures. I want to see now that what, what when you see that picture, what what does that make you think about? Oh, just memory. Okay, so that was the Ocean Room. On Second, it's no longer exists. It's now an assisted living facility. It is on Second. It Avenue literally North. got bulldozed. It should have. It was the. <laughs> That place. There were some problems, but there was a lot of love in there too. You there know? was. I mean, it brings back memories. Those curtains right there. I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to tell you how bad. I remember somebody came in. I won't name any names. Marla Johnson, and she said, "I came in the first time I came to Ocean." She said, "I knew it was home," and we're like, "This is amazing! What a great story!" She said, "Because it smelled." Musty. Like mildew. <laughs> and I remember growing up and we're like, oh. And she remembered her grandmother's house or something, some yeah. place that was a safe, lovely that place, place for her. place, but man, there, it was. And, and the other thing that was interesting about that place is it, it was rented out, like the ocean room. And yeah. people would like, there literally was a, like amateur wrestling there yeah. the night before. Like yeah. they had a full ring up there and then we'd have to come in. They, we had a cleaning crew that would come in and sometimes they wouldn't or they would have... We were the cleaning crew. I, I mean, remember, not, not, I don't, I just mean the, the core people that, that were in there. I mean, those were the people that were cleaning. There oh, wasn't yeah. a hired crew. Oh, was, I remember coming in and seeing us, a right, PBR Gerald? tower <laughs> that was this high on every table coming in. We had to clean and, and come in and then people would experience Jesus in there. That is, that is a miracle, right? The Holy Spirit is alive just seeing 
seen that. Okay, next picture. Next picture. <laughs> oh, this is when we were leaving. This is sweet. So the this was this is our kids, Jack, Abe, and Ella. Um, and it was just my Instagram. It was the when we were saying goodbye to the ocean room. So that was that was I think June of 2013. Yeah. That was our last photo of the ocean room. The ocean room. Moving yeah. on. Yeah. And this is I, this wasn't our first sunrise service, but this is one of them. And and the the reason I I, I wanted this one is this one almost didn't happen. Like, yeah. you can see, it looks like there's so many people on the beach. It really wasn't that as many as we've had, uh, you know, in the more recent years. Yeah. But the it was a super moon, and the tide was coming in, and we had all this stuff, and literally within inches of all our gear, all the stuff, I mean, it was all up into the yeah. white sand. And we were, I mean, it was panicking. People were dragging equipment. I mean, we knew that we were going to have a little bit of a high tide, um, but it was an adjustment. And you can see me smiling. Jake Kimball's walking across the sand right there, and I'm grinning because I'm talking to him going, I didn't think this was going to go down. It was going to happen. But, but it did. God has other plans. That's right. That's awesome. It was amazing. Ah. Then we moved to First Baptist Back Church. Back to night services, which I've said before was a, what a, a generosity. You know, we had to move in two weeks. You know, we had our, our, our whole tribe, and all of a sudden they called us and said, hey, we're going to bulldoze that building, and it's going to happen really fast, and you're going to have to be gone in two weeks. And it was. I wish we could tag all the people in there and I name know, like, the people, all the people that who, are who sitting hung in there. there with us. And what we had to do to that room, because it was, it was just not where you wanted yeah. to meet. Um, it, we, we always call it the basement um, that we used to meet in and uh, that they let us meet in. Yeah. Uh, North Jacks Beach, but it was a sweet, it was a sweet season. Um, I do remember the church shrunk though in that season. <laughs> Painful. Okay. No, it was good. It was oh, a sweet this. Time. Now we had to, put, I don't know why this got stuck in there. Well, I, this, I like this actually this. never was used. I just want to say okay, that. Okay, so this was an invitation to middle school and high school to a, a Christmas party. And we thought it was a good idea because these like, were our amazing a... leaders, Adam Miller and Jonathan Balcar. Yeah. Um, and then when we, we got them printed, we were thinking, I, 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 I think, don't know if... The... I think I was fine with it. And then I put it in front of you or somebody else. And you just said, are you going to be handing this to moms and dads that we don't know? <laughs> and going, just... hey, here, come to a Christmas party. You know, <laughs> two, I didn't, it was just none of it. 30-year-old men or 20-something-year-old yeah. men. I don't know. It just seemed like not, but we not like, the hey, best idea. Valcar, but Adam wow, Miller. what amazing, committed... Ami committed leaders. You talk and they about... were they were college students when we were doing college ministry. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, love it. So good. Now this is sweet right here. This is a uh, this is a picture of uh, our Christmas service that we did outdoors. One of my dreams of church services to yeah. do out, out outside church services, and it's great that we we live here at the beach. But this is the pavilion area yeah. or the um, Seawalk Pavilion Hotel. Seawalk had this huge atrium. Uh, we had about 250 people there. It was cold. I mean, it's like the dream candlelight service. Yeah. Now, yeah. from a production standpoint, I remember one of the most difficult because the power there, the building's old. I think the electricity is from the 1920s. And we had cords going everywhere because we kept blowing breakers and it, the it was setup dangerous. was crazy. But it man, was. it ended up, the sacrifice of everybody, it ended up being this beautiful service. It really was. Um, Aaron Walsh led uh, uh, worship and it was, I mean, it was one of the more powerful evenings uh, we've had for a Christmas service. Brings back a lot of memories. Ah, this one's good. I love it. This is the signing of the lease in this place right yeah. here. I mean, talk about miracle of miracles. Yeah. Um, you know, we never would have thought going from the basement at North Jacks Beach uh, Baptist to um, a block from the ocean in, in this building, but uh, God made a way for us, and man, we were excited this, right there. This used to be a goodwill, and so I, I kind of feel like it was... It, it inspired. Was meant, it was meant 
for for me to be here at some point. Yes. If you don't know I this do, about my wife, I do love to thrift. I mean, She's now we've thrifter. tabled that for for a Beam while. Beam is closed. Goodwill. And it's shut probably down. a good purging that God's doing in mm -hmm. me of like you don't need to go to the thrift. Flutters by her not shopping there anymore. Um, people. So basically, oh, this is so Our good. poor people just came and poured out their life into. Yeah, I think what people, building this out. So good. What a lot of people don't know, I think, and when they come in here, is that the panels on the walls, the things that um, when people were creating a space, you know, making a place for people to come and experience the gospel, that the, the wall, the things that are in here, you know, outside of the chairs that you're sitting in, we bought those and they were expensive. Um, but the, people built the stuff, like the, the walls, the wood walls, the, you know, the paneling stuff that's in the, in the nursery, the stuff that's in the bathroom. I mean, all the, the visual art and the things that were done here were done by you guys, were done by the people uh, that were so faithful. I remember our tribe was, was relatively small moving in here. I mean, we had you know, 80 some odd people thinking, and people thought we were crazy moving in here, and that group of 80 just got together and yeah. Turn this, you know, a building that had, I mean, there was nothing in here uh, into something uh, that we worship in now. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool. Our, our staff, Anne, remember how exhausted we were? We thought, Gerald, I mean, Leslie, Whitney. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it was like, are we going to survive this? Yeah, I lost so much. I looked, I was like spelt. <laughs> I was like, I'm at my college weight because I remember I was just, I was up at five in the morning. I was, I was, right, yeah, yeah, I had my girlish figure. Um, not right now, COVID, not so much, okay. but um, yeah. <laughs> oh, you had to do it. Yeah. We that call hair. this the the believer. Um, I don't know. Look at Aaron Wall. Look at this the hair. It's like I was young. I was in my younger days. I think look Aaron's at, ashamed of. I you wish look. we could zoom in on Aaron. <laughs> Aaron like, is like, please cut his. Somebody, please, for the love of Saint Christopher, cut that boy's hair. What is he doing? Uh, but that was a baptism service. I mean, I, that you talk about something that's uh, means a lot to us. Yeah, powerful. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah, look there at that. There we go. Brett. Oh, my Brett goodness. Brett coming out of the water. I miss you. He sits right there, and I can always see him, connect with him. Anchor of anchors. Man, we miss you, Brett, so much. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. What a beautiful day. What a day. You know, baptism, you know, at Ocean City Church uh, is, is not something that's cool because it's OCC. It is, it is the gospel coming to life and being able to see it in people's lives. And man, it is such an amazing, amazing thing to experience, to be a part of. It's hard to walk away from any of those services and say, I don't know if there's anything to this whole God thing. I think it's really, yeah, it really shakes the, sure. the ground in the, in the heavenlies mm -hmm. uh, during baptism uh, services. That's God true. put it in place for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Now this right here, just to get you excited, is this, I don't really remember when this was, but that was accidental. And that's, if you, for those of you that don't know, we were planted by River City Church, and that is Antley Fowler. Um, and that's a little bit of a hint to our special guest today. It's going to be Antley Fowler. And that was uh, Resurrection Sunday, and we accidentally <laughs> had blue shirts on and okay. doom that was on their wall. And it was we were both like, picture. he is risen. He is risen indeed right there. Yeah. So we got a few things that uh, we wanted to keep people reminded of yes. as, we, as we move on. Yes, we, we want to remind you of just staying connected, that, this, that the church is thriving and growing. We're even growing. We're adding people to city it's groups. It's incredible. It's awesome because the church will not fail, and it no. will continue. And Jesus is, is going to keep this going. We don't need the building and the gathering for that to happen, although we do want that, and we are yeah. praying for that. Um, but get connected to a city group. 
um, if you're not, you can do that online today. Um, it, it's just been this awesome thing. The, the, it says in Hebrews, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Yeah. You know? And so it's important. this is a way we're doing it through Zoom. People are having a really a blast doing it, oh, seeing yeah. each other. And it's been awesome. Also, just to, to remind you, we will be in Acts. We'll be back in Acts next week. And so go to the blog. You, you just go right to our website and hit Acts blog. And on Tuesday and Thursday, there'll be stuff for kids and families, and there'll be stuff for adults. So yeah. get connected. Stay connected. Yeah. And just so I wanted to just take just a second to thank the church for um, just your faithfulness and giving. Uh, there's been some uh, it jumped in uh, to add to the benevolence fund as well. Um, that is preparing us, you know, helping us now in the things that we're doing currently uh, with our groundswell movement in our community to the people that need to be, that simply need food. Uh, yes. They need their bills paid. They need some things uh, to happen in their lives. But also we know in the coming months that uh, we, we just, you know, we don't know a lot of things, but we do know that there's going to be financial impact and uh, it's preparing us and giving us a way to to help them. So I would say this, continue that. Like the, there is, um, you know, things yeah. haven't changed. The, the way that we support our church and the way that we... Um, sustain what we're doing is through our current budget. We're still working through our current budget with the, the similar numbers. I think it's funny how things offset the things that you'll lose in one area. We're gaining in some areas, yeah. but um, our budget is, is, you know, still stayed the same. So continue to give. Um, there's opportunities to give online. There's opportunities to, um, you can, you can write a check and send it in, but the online is so easy. I think people forget that they can yeah. connect with their bank and you don't necessarily, I think people worry about the fees, but you can connect with your bank. If you look online and you connect with our uh, finance team through the give button, you can set that up where it's free for, for you and free for us. So, yeah. and it's easy. So. so as we go into the break, use this time. We encourage you to use this time to do your regular giving. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back. Can't wait for uh, uh, what's coming up next.
Welcome back, man. This is exciting. Oh my goodness. I knew I knew something was going to happen. I, I was right. nervous uh, to go live and yeah. do anything with Antley Fowler within any, you know, within six feet or 200 feet because he is going to do something. Know what he's this is do. for those of you that don't know, and I just want to say a few things about Antley. Um, Antley was the church leader at River City Church for 10 years. Um, he led amazingly and was uh, a risk taker, maybe not the wisest man to bring me on staff with no experience at all, um, but was instrumental in planting Ocean City Church. Uh, we call him the bishop for a reason because uh, he was always kind of the church father, the guy I went to as a brother and a, as, a, as a mentor. <laughs> Um, and you can see, if you're wondering, people think I'm inappropriate in church services occasionally or just don't have a filter. Um, I can tell you where I got that from. Oh it was from goodness. the amazing leader, Antley Fowler. That's why we put this over, over his mouth. So. How you doing, Antley? What's up? What's going I'm good, on? you know, just trying to stay, stay uh, corona-free here. <laughs> so uh, I have, I have, I have, I have like, uh, created a new law. And it's, uh, it's where we self-isolate in our homes. And so I don't want to see my kids. I'm tired of my wife, kids, dog, everything. <laughs> so I wear this pretty much all the time. Except in the shower. And I clean it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, now, Antley. Things are good. Happy Easter. Happy Easter Happy to the Fowlers. Happy Easter. Jesus Day, Super Bowl Sunday, except not so much this year. Oh, I disagree. Don't take us down, <laughs> Bishop. No, Super Bowl Sunday is about filling the stands with people. And stands are empty, but people are still tuned in to church. And Easter especially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just for a second, do you want to, I would love for people to get a little bit of a snapshot of your your life in ministry um, and update, kind of give us an update on on what's going on with you now. Okay. Well, um, I know that's a loaded one because you could talk for a while in your life and ministry, but... Brief recap. Brief. <laughs> okay, well, just I knew the Lord and um, was born into... No. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, no, I, um, my ministry, well, came to the Lord through Young Life, did college ministry. Awesome. Remember I was at the Lord's Country, the University of Florida, and, um... And then following that, I got married to Laura. We went on staff with Young Life for about 12 years or so. And then um, just felt like, gosh, is there more out there? And had uh, went to London on a Alpha or Life Course weekend and experienced, you know, pretty powerful outpouring of the Spirit. And from that weekend, we uh, kind of were challenged to um, start a church like that in Jacksonville. So I came home and... Laura and I prayed about it, and within four months, we were living in London, wow. being trained about, you know, how do we normalize the gifts of the Spirit without marginalizing the Word of God in any way, kind of becoming Christians that are grounded in the world, Word, but empowered by the Spirit. And so we did that, and then came home a few times uh, intermittently to do, like, gathering sessions for the plant, and then got here and I think, October-ish was our first official kickoff, but we were here before that in Jacksonville, the City Rescue Mission. We were there about five years and then moved to the office park where we are now and planted you guys along the way. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of ministry in a nutshell. And um, or when I turned 50, I felt like the Lord just started kind of asking me the question whether I wanted to continue on in vocational ministry 
or maybe see if Jesus works in the workforce, you know, um, or if that's what I was being called to do. And through a long, very long emotional process, kind of came to the conclusion that more than where my last third of my life was, because that's what I felt like he was asking is, Antley, how do you, or where do you want to leverage the last third of your life? Um, and, uh, and he kind of, I kind of came to the point where he, I kind of heard him say, look, you can stay in the church, um, and that'll be great. Or you can step out of the church role, out of a pastoring role for, uh, for, and, and that would be okay too. But to work on some of the things that he had for me and him to work on, identity, believing that I was his son, that he loved me, that my value wasn't attached to being a pastor. Cause that's what kind of had happened is just my my identity in him became as a pastor not as a son and he kind of challenged me and said you know you preach more on the father's love and than any other topic and you're all about grace but do you really do you really believe that and are you willing to do what you tell everybody which is do whatever it takes to connect and experience the father's love are you willing to do that and um and i just had to ask myself the question do i do i believe what i've been preaching all these and i do and so I stepped away from ministry, and it was very sad and very emotional. Um, again, Laura and I love River City Church. People at River City Church, our children were all in Jacksonville, and all that was good. And uh, and it was it, and it was hard because, you know, we weren't nothing happened. You know, nothing bad happened that caused this. It was just the Lord's greater love for me than, um, you know, then in a lot of ways I feel like His church that He took me took me out of the church. It was best for me and it was best for River City. And so um, it's been quite a journey uh, since I left there. Um, I left March 31st and started work on April 1st here in Colorado. A good friend of mine started a housing community out here. Um, There's a huge housing crisis in uh, Colorado and he started a community called The Farm with the idea that we want to provide housing, like architecturally interesting, affordable houses, uh, with a community theme um, for people who work out here but can't afford to live out here. So a lot of people will commute two hours to get to work out here. So that's four hours away from their home. And um, and so he created this, this housing project. And it's for people who make within 80 to 140% of the median income. And so we have the... We did a lot of strategic things when we were playing the communities. Front yards, everybody shares a front yard. Everybody has a porch. Um, everybody has a small backyard. And we orient the houses um, socioeconomically so there's a lot of diversity. So it really forces people into shared green spaces. It forces people in the community. And so we have widows that live out here, a lot of millennials that come out here. Um, we have the fastest fiber in the county because we wanted to attract people that work at home. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot of young married couples and a lot of diversity. And so it's been really fun. And so my job is to make sure houses get built. And the other 50% of my job is to make sure that the people in the community feel happy, loyal, and cared for. And so I like the second part. I'm good at the second part. The first part, the construction piece, has been a train wreck this year. But um, it's been it's been good. It's been hard, but it's been a good year. And and uh, Gracie Girl is a 16-year-old uh junior at high school which is crazy to think and Blake's here with us and we have a garage apartment that he lives in and 
it's been exciting and there's a great skate park here that he loves to skate on and we've all fallen in love with snowboarding and skiing we go every weekend and especially on Sundays because we don't like church anymore no I'm just kidding that's not true that's not true <laughs> just kidding the um and so yeah so it's been hard but we've we've learned new hobbies and it's actually snowing right now on Easter it's snowing here in Buena Vista which is crazy um but no, the most important thing I did, uh, it was very difficult transition for me. Um, but the first thing I did was find a church here in town that I could plug into because Laura and the kids had to stay back. So I was here a few months without anybody and was grieving the loss of, you know, the church family that I loved and all my friends and was alone. And my last, last Easter, I was literally all alone. It was the first church service I went back to that I'd gone back to church after uh, after I left, and I remember just thinking like I don't know what I would do without the church. Like I I have no idea. And so I found a little church, and every week I go for prayer ministry and just ask the Lord to speak to me and fill me and remind me that He loves me and cares about me, even though I'm not a ministry person anymore, and even though I'm not a leader anymore. And so. It's been uh, it's been quite the year, but it's been a good year. That's awesome. That's so awesome. So it's so encouraging because I, I mean, as people in ministry, I mean, it's definitely something that you have to battle and wage war against is identity and uh, and to know that hey, God works, especially in a time like this. I think people mm-hmm. are fearful about you know what's this going to mean for the church, what's this going to mean for the movement of God, and what's this going to mean and uh, you see it in young life, I'm sure, in the years before you were a church leader, and now you're seeing it again. That God's God's doing a lot outside of church walls. Um, church is moving forward, but it doesn't necessarily have to be always about the gathering. It doesn't always have to be about um, what we do, producing services and those kind of things. God's moving. In fact, that's the way people come to know the Lord is shoulder mm-hmm. to shoulder in communities like the ones you're building. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. It's really, really cool. You mentioned prayer ministry, and, um, you know, we learned so much. We learned everything we, we really have learned about the Holy yeah. Spirit through River City Church and through you. Um, just, I was just thinking, how would you encourage the, the church right now in terms of, you know, the movement of, of God right now mm-hmm. when, it, when it looks kind of like uh-huh. just in this time of uncertainty? Yeah. You know, um, it's funny, once you're not in ministry, how much you think about what you do, would do if you were, you know? Um, and so, but then I don't have any responsibility or pressure to like actually follow through with my great ideas. So, uh, you can just criticize like everybody else I can just criticize, and, yeah, like, like everybody else. <laughs> Blame you guys for all the problems of what you should be doing in Jacksonville Beach right now to make the coronavirus go away. <laughs> It is your fault as church leaders. Um, You know, I I love, and this, I don't want this to sound bad, but whenever the world is in a situation like it is in now, I've always believed that, man, what an opportunity. You know, the last time there was, I think, the Spanish plague at the turn of the century, there were two groups of churches. One group shut their doors, isolated, not that we shouldn't be doing that, Um, but then, and, and the other one said, well, we're going to love our neighborhoods. We're going to love, love our communities. And a ton of church people died in that situation. But those churches are alive today. Like, those are the ones that are thriving. Those are the ones that made it through. And, you know, Tertullian said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Without suffering, they grow. 
And so, so oh, this is such a great opportunity for the church to suffer with the world um, because people are afraid and we should not be afraid the way that they're afraid. We might be concerned. There might be a healthy, a healthy fear that we have uh, that helps us be safe and, and thoughtful. But we are not afraid like the rest of the world is afraid. We're not afraid yeah. financially. We're not afraid. Uh, you know, we shouldn't be afraid for, you know, all the things that people are talking about should not create a fear in us that makes us withdraw. It's, it's a fear in us that should rise up and create opportunity where we are like, man, we're going to play by the rules that the government suggests, but we are also going to be incredibly creative about how we can love people, you know, about how we can sacrifice our love, our life, and give ourselves to people who are afraid. Because the only reason we're not afraid is because of Jesus. You know, it's like right. we know that no matter what happens, he's going to be with us, that he's faithful. This didn't surprise him. And the same, and so we would be as fearful as anybody else if it wasn't for him. And so we get to still be Jesus to people and to love people from afar or or whether we're close to them or whether we're in a gathering of a thousand or we're facetiming you know and so you know we just need to be the church needs to be giving people hope and reminding them that there is hope regardless of the situations that are going to come you know and and so in the present that's what i feel like you know that's how i would encourage the church but i also feel like man and people are starting to say this a lot more now is that this is the ice, the kind of the tip of the iceberg of, of how people are going to suffer. Like once the physical fears away, the fight, like everybody who was like not asking people to pay for their rent or for their electric, all of these debts that are being excused are going to come due and people are going to be really scared then, you know, they're all not going to get their jobs back. There's going to be a tremendous amount of financial struggles in people's lives. There's more, in, the, in our town, what people have told me is nobody is going to pull you over. All the police officers are busy with the domestic violence. Is wow. that there is. And so right now, if I, you know, the church, I think one of the things we could be doing is preparing for what's going to happen once all of this begins to transition back in the other direction. You know, I mean, I just know like marriages are struggling. Relationships with parents and kids are hard because everybody's in the same house together. And so... It's like, you know, Beth, you mentioned prayer ministry. I just thought, think, you know, people need prayer. We'll need prayer ministry. We'll need counseling when this is over more than anything. And the church, I think, can begin to position herself for that inflow of people, you know, where not only are, are we going to have to, are people going to want to isolate and pull back from each other just connected-wise, but people are going to hoard resources. People are going to be out for themselves, people's, you know, their families are going to be in hard places. And again, it's going to be another opportunity for the church to to really rally and move towards folks and, and really be the family that people are going to need. I think that, you know, for us, the hardest people to be away from right now, obviously, are Jemima and Cole because they're in Jacksonville. Chase flew up here and we're all together. But it's our children that we're not able to physically be with that we long for the most. And that's, I think, going to be building that longing for his children to come back and connect, you know, connect with him and connect with each other. And yeah. the more yeah. the church can get ready for that, you know, the better. And, and uh, obviously, OCC, you guys take people so seriously and love people so well. And your anchors are going to be huge, such huge, huge players 
in the aftermath of this, I think. It's going to be your anchors and your key people in the church that are going to be bringing people into a family that is healthy and there's community and there's love and there's worship and, and all the things that, that people really need. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. going to be fine. They need to be able to find in church and OCC is going to be a great resource for that. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been, it's been incredible. Even just the people that have already, you know, come to us and said, we are waiting to help. We yeah. are, we are waiting for, you know, direction yep. and, and, it's just, it's been a beautiful thing to see that the church will rise to this yeah. and say yes to whatever the Holy Spirit leads us to do. Yeah, people, people are definitely ready. And man, I, I you know, I, just seeing you is, is good. Yeah, people probably don't know, I, for a, about 10 years, we vacationed together. I'd ask you to tell some stories about me and you being in, in, in ministry together and some of the funnier stories, but I, I, I don't know that we can tell any of them. Um, yeah, we don't need to. Gladly will, if you'd like. I mean, no, I, no, I think, to. I know you do. And I, Hey, I do too. We're both live here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is most of them played out publicly. So if a lot of people know, know them anyway, which is part of, uh, doing what we, what we've done over the last few years. But I, man, thank you so much for being an amazing, first of all, being an amazing friend. Um, when we planted the church, just, it seemed like, um, you were the, the lifeline, the one that I needed uh, on a biweekly basis to connect with. And you asked me the right questions, not, you know, how many people are coming and how's, how's the finances of the church, but you asked me about my family um, and my relationship with God. Uh, and that led me on how to lead other people. And uh, I can never thank you enough um, for what you've done. Uh, the reverberation of your faithfulness is still being felt, even though you're in a different city, uh, even though you've stepped away from an official role in ministry. Um, people are um, feeling it in our church. Even today, as you just kind of leaned into something that's so powerful, um, people are feeling it. So I just wanted to thank you uh, and say Happy Easter. We love Yo. you, Manly. You got any closing thoughts for us? Life to the nope. full? Something. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus is good. Yeah. Life to the full. He's a faithful friend. That's the thing that I've learned the most is that, you know, He's been with me, he's still with me, and he'll never leave me. He knows everything about me, my motivations, my heart, the desires that I have, that he has, which are which, and uh, when and how to use them. And he's just, he's been amazing. He's been really faithful, even though I haven't felt him necessarily this, a lot this year, actually. Um, it's like, I know that I know that I know that he's still with me, and he yeah. always will be, you know, and so. It's beautiful. I'm so good. So encouraging. All right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. I know it's earlier there. Thank you so much yes. for getting up. Give <laughs> Laura love. <laughs> yeah, Go back, back to bed. And then have Double some Easter Easter breakfast. <laughs> yep. All right. We love, love you, man. Love you. Thank you, See guys. You guys. Happy Easter. Yes. All right. Peace we'll be out. right back. Ocean City Church.
All right, we're back. Man, how encouraging was that just to hear from Antley? I, I mean, for, for Beth and I uh, to, to just see his face and um, knowing that, you know, somebody that was in ministry for uh, nearly 30 years uh, to, to take, you know, what really did make him who he was in many ways and say, you know, Jesus is enough and I know that it's good for me to step away. Uh, that in and of itself is a powerful testimony, but just um, what he said was powerful in terms of the church being poised. And I think really today, I really feel that, like that really connects today with, with where we're going to be. If you got your Bibles, we're going to be uh, in Matthew in the Easter story in 27 and 28. We'll go from Good Friday into the resurrection. But I, I want to just say, say this, um, you know, what's interesting for me about today uh, is that normally we would be you know, using tons of creativity, we'd have a, a passionate set list of Jesus-centered and cross-centered songs to lead people. You'd be connecting, um, you know, physically here in church. You know, you'd be shoulder to shoulder singing songs. There would be this um, a collective team of anchors. We'd probably have 60 anchors working on a particular day that would be in it. We'd have a worship team, production team, doing all this stuff. Uh, and today's different. I mean, it's just, and, and we, we love all those things. We, I, I want the church to experience, when they come and walk through these doors on a normal Sunday and a normal gathering, we think God uses all, like the production. And for somebody that, I'm, I'm a worship leader at heart. I love all that stuff. I love the music. I love the production side. I love the details. I, and I think God uses all those things to lead people to himself and for his glory. Um, but today's different. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't have the, the usual fanfare of a Resurrection Sunday. You know, we don't have the, you know, the, the twins and seersucker overalls running across the beach at our sunrise service or Danny Strickland chasing his kids along the beach, keeping them out of the water. Uh, we don't have a lot of the, the, the aspects that we would normally have on a particular Sunday um, and the moving collective singing and those type things. And on Tuesday, it hit me like it was kind of like this harsh reality, like this wasn't we weren't going to have this. You know, I wasn't going to have the, the support of singing Jesus Paid It All or Resurrecting or Ain't No Grave or you name it. I wasn't going to have any of those things. And I think the, the weight hit me a little bit. Not to be a downer here on Easter Sunday, but, uh, it, but it, it did. The tide changed. But it was, it was this thing on Tuesday where somebody that's pretty positive, my wife would come up here and say uh, that I, I'm a glass half full. Like when everybody's thinking this is, I'm, I'm, I do almost annoyingly look towards the positive. Everybody okay? Good, good. I'm glad everybody's okay. Let's move on because I, that's the way I operate. But Tuesday it did hit me that things are different right now. That, I'm, that I knew that on Sunday I'd be on a two-dimensional screen doing some things that were, you know, haven't ever done before uh, and un improperly and maybe just, it, I, I knew it was improperly. I was putting the weight on myself. One, because I didn't want to let the church down. Like, how can we get music in it? How can we get this in it? Copyright. We got all these problems. I mean, we can't even put a worship song in our, our starter video because we've got copyright things that YouTube will pull it down. I mean, just all the stuff was weighing on me. Partly just approval idol, not wanting to let you down, thinking I was going to be, I was carrying things alone. And then something beautiful happened on Thursday. So that was and then on Thursday, God just started whispering sweetly to me, and it was amazing. And I, I think that's what today is really about, is what King, about his power, 
and what, what really matters at the end of the day. So very gently and sweetly, God brought me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's interesting, somebody else just sent me something last night on this passage, and I thought, this is God's definitely leading us this morning. So if you want to flip over from Matthew, we're in uh, Matthew 27 and 28, but 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. But I want you to experience this as if God is speaking to you, because this is the way that it hit me. It was God speaking through the power of His Spirit and through His Word. Sent me right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And he's talking to me. Just think about that. God's speaking to you. And he was speaking to me right in that office, right in there. He said, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that eased on the third day according to the Scriptures. And then he appeared to Cephas, who is Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, some though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me as one abnormally born. And that's the Apostle Paul saying he wasn't really abnormally born. For, and he, he was saying his experience was at a different timeline than the rest of the apostles. He experienced Jesus a different way than they did. But God was very sweetly and gently saying to me, hey, Derek, I love the songs. Those are great. Those are great. But look up in the sky at night. The sun, the moon, the stars have been declaring my glory since the dawn of time. I'll be okay without a little Chris Tomlin and Hillsong for Easter. He said, he just leaned into me and just said, all the stories you're reading are true according to the scriptures. All the stories are true. I listened to this song on Thursday. It's called Ghost by David Crowder. And one of the lines that you hear all through that song is, he's, you know, there's a, there's a resurrection, there's an empty tomb. And then at the end, he says, all the stories are true. And every time I would hear it, just chills would run over my body thinking about the fact that God is saying on Resurrection Sunday, all you need is the truth. The truth will be just fine, Derek. That is all you need. And all these stories that we're reading are true. And it just it blows my mind because when you read that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that you realize that the gospel wouldn't even have gotten off the ground had it not been for God placing 500 eyewitnesses, putting these people in the story, that there was eyewitness accounts. Like we have all these things that we think we have to add to the gospel. God already put all of these things in play. What's crazy is that we're sitting here today. You talk about viruses. The gospel was this beautiful virus that started in the Middle East, right there in a small town, and exploded outward, exploded outward to the, 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 the main world. where we, We're in Jacksonville Beach. We're in a, a, a location and in a place that's so far from there. And the only reason it got off the ground was because of the eyewitnesses, because of the eyewitness accounts. We sit here today wondering if all the stories are true. There's been more songs written about Jesus. There's been more paintings painted of Jesus, more movies made about Jesus. There's been more books written or, or composed about Jesus. Jesus has donned the cover of Time magazine, I think, more than 10 times. Jesus is the most controversial and prolific figure in all of history. And you know why? Because all of these stories are true. They wouldn't have made it to here. They wouldn't have made it here to live streams all over the world today. One, you know what's interesting about today? Across the landscape of planet Earth, that the, the, the news is quiet right now. You know why? 
Because people are listening to stories about one man who walked on planet earth. The son of God, Jesus, the risen savior. It's incredible. And if you're watching today and you're wondering, you know, I, you know, I do this every year. I go to an Easter service. You know, I go Christmas, Easter, I go see something, but I don't know what I believe. I believe Jesus was a nice man. No, we, we don't really get that in scripture. He either was, either this isn't true or Jesus is crazy. And when he walked on planet earth or he is the son of God, he is God. He is the risen one. And that's what's reverberated. Uh, you know, across the landscape. So in Matthew, um, let's go back to 27 and look at the, the crucifixion. And in 50, just leading up to it, Jesus has been hanging on the cross. He's been nailed to the cross. He's at Mount Calvary. His blood is being poured out. And this is the end of his life. And it says, and when Jesus had cried out again, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Now, I'll, just, I'll stop there just for a second, but he gave up his spirit in that moment, if we, it's great that we have other gospels. You got other, it's amazing that God put not just one set of eyeballs to write the story, but he's got multiple sets of eyeballs that witnessed all of this. And so you get another perspective from John. And the thing that Jesus said when he, when he breathed his last is, is to telestai, which means it is finished. What was finished? Shame was finished. Sin was finished. Death was finished. He took all the sins of the world, all the sins that I couldn't deal with, all the sins that were separating me from God, he finished it. And now we could be forgiven and free. He, he broke open a way for me to be in a relationship with God. That's what was finished at the cross. That's what happened when he gave up his spirit, forgiven and free. That is you and me because of what, what, what Jesus had accomplished when he died. Now listen to what happened when he gave up his spirit. In this moment, listen to what happened. This is crazy. At that moment, the curtain of the temple, which was 50 feet high, four inches thick. Can you imagine a curtain that thick? And it was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And the earth shook, the rocks split. And listen to this. Some people don't want to talk about this on Easter because it's kind of weird. Tombs broke open. Tombs broke open. Isn't that the craziest thing? It, the moment there was a resurrection before the resurrection, people don't talk about this much. That the, the 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 earth shook. There was an earthquake. The skies had gone dark. Everything just reverberated so much. Ed, you were the lucky one if your tomb was near Calvary, because tombs broke open. And it goes on to say, at that moment, the curtain was torn in two. And then then what happens? It says the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. The Richter scale on planet Earth in the heavenlies in the spirit world was reverberating and shaking. So this was no small event. This was no average crucifixion, which these guys had experienced, many of them. Something different just happened. Tombs broke open. Resurrection was already on the move in this moment. And it says this, it says the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. So the tombs broke up. And listen to this in 53. This is so strange. It says that then after Jesus' resurrection, they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but oh my goodness. It doesn't leave you room. Scripture doesn't leave you room to say, oh yeah, maybe something cool. I like church. It's, it's crazy. But what we're standing here and proclaiming to you as a church across the world right now, is all the stories are true. All of these stories are true. And look what happened. 
Verse 54, when Jesus died. This is so powerful. It says in verse 54, When the centurion and those with him who were, who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened. Could you imagine being at the foot of the cross? They were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. These guys recognize immediately, this right here, not normal. This is, this is, they had seen crucifixion after crucifixion. They had been a part of this in the Roman Empire time and time again. They're like, this one is different. This one is different. And right then, guess what happens? Conversion. As the, as the, as the blood flows down on Mount Calvary, faith rises up. Because they give their lives Jesus followers. These soldiers become the, the first Jesus followers in the kingdom of God. And guess what they didn't need? They didn't need a Chris Tomlin song. They didn't need a church gathering. They didn't need a bunch of production. You know what they needed? They needed the death of Jesus on a cross, giving his life away for them. And they witnessed it. The earth shook. The curtain was torn. And Jesus had made a way. And these guys are proclaiming, surely. They're looking up at the cross. Can you imagine? Surely. This is the Son of God. Incredible. And think about it. And if, if you're wondering, like, I don't know where, you know, what people's stories are on the other side of the, the, the lens. Like, I don't know, I don't know what you're, who, who's watching today. But many people, when they approach Christianity or anything religious, think, that's not me. I shouldn't be in a church. I, I've done too much. I've gone too far. Okay, just, just to let you know, not that we're off the hook for our sin, but what Jesus does at the cross is makes a way and destroys and takes our, his sin on himself. Somebody had to pay for it. But in this moment, think about it. Guys that are now the, the first ones to say, he's the son of God. He's, he's done something here. They were the ones that crucified Jesus. They were the ones that drove the nails in his hands. They were the ones that, that drove the nails in his feet. They were the ones that killed him. And now they've become Jesus followers. That is incredible to me. So if you've got a son that you think it's going to be impossible for him to come back to Jesus, guess what? I think it was a little tougher to be the ones that were standing there, mocking Jesus, putting a crown of thorns on his head, and nailing nails in his hands. And then to become the ones that say, Amen. This, something happened here. Surely this is the Son of God. All the stories are true. And if you look at this, I think the question always comes before we move on to the next chapter in, in Matthew. Why did Jesus have to die? Like, you know, what, what, what was this? What's the moment? I think this is so relevant for today because right now we've got a viral pandemic that's on the move, right? Everybody's aware of it. Like, it's an invisible enemy, but everybody's now aware of it. You know, like we said a couple of weeks ago, death was always on the table for the human race, but we ignore it. As Ernest Becker says, we find ways to deny it. Like, we, we come up with things as human beings to not think about it on a daily basis. If we did, we would go crazy because it's crazy. Every single one of us will be wrapped up and put into a tomb. We'll be put into a grave. We'll be put often. But we don't think about it. We try not to. But all of a sudden, eyes are open. Eyes are open. And, we, and you begin to see something. And this viral pandemic has opened everybody's eyes to, okay, there's something moving across planet Earth virally. But there's going to be a cure to the virus, right? There's going to be, there's going to be, it's going to come and it's going to go. I think everybody has a lot of faith that, hey, this is a season. This is going to go away. There is going to be a vaccine. Well, there's another viral pandemic. And it's been going since the dawn of time, since the first sin entered the Garden of Eden. 
the viral pandemic of sin. And you know what? There's no cure for it. There's no, there's no vaccine for it. There's no way to end it. And here's, here's the reality is everybody on planet Earth knows there's something. Whether you're a Christian or not, you know something's wrong here. We've got sickness. We've got disease. We've got cancer. We've got war. We've got selfishness. We've got greed. We've got death. We've got dying. We've got people that kill one another. We've got divorce. We've got hurt. We've got rejection. We've got all of the things that are coming. We have joy on planet Earth. But we certainly know something has gone awry. Something has gone wrong. There is a pandemic, and it's called sin. And that's why Jesus had to die. He came to deal with the sin problem, deal with the brokenness, and deal with death, because we need it dealt with. So as we move on and we look at the next chapter in Matthew, the resurrection. There's good news to the sin problem because Jesus has died. He's taken on the sin of the world onto himself. And just to think that these stories are true is amazing to me. It says, Matthew, starting in the, um, verse 1 of the next chapter, After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. I don't know if you'd ever want to be called the other Mary um, ever, um, but that's what she was called. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. The other Bob. I don't know if anybody ever wants to be the other. Hey, who's the Bob and the other Bob? There was a violent earthquake. I don't know. It's just, hey, it's this, I don't do this often. Um, there was a violent earthquake. Listen, there's another earthquake. So you got the, the, both the Marys. They knew where the, the, the Jesus' body was laid. They were going to the tomb where Jesus was laid. And there was a violent earthquake. We got another shaking and reverberation. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. I always love to imagine that. Like an angel comes down. Like that, I, I'm sure that guy was the guy that loved that job. Like, you're the one that's going to go down. He's like, man, I cannot wait till they see my face. And he goes down there. He rolls back the, the tomb. And I wonder if that was God's design or he's just like, you know, I think I'm going to kick back, you know, do the George Costanza on the, on, the on, on the side of the tomb. But I just think he sat on it. He was just sitting there, you know. It's crazy to think about. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. Like, he, you, you can't look at this guy. You can't look at this angel because he's, he's, he's as bright as the sun. And the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. I, I love this. And the reason that there's guards, just a little backstory, the reason there's guards guarding the tomb is because they didn't want the Roman Empire, the political people of the day, the religious leaders of the day, they didn't want any like robbery story or anything to come up. like, like they, they didn't want a, uh, a, just a false story of resurrection. They didn't want any type of revolution to come from Jesus' death, like the, the disciples coming and stealing his body. So they, they put a seal on the tomb. It was a Roman seal on the tomb. And they put Roman guards and Jewish guards at the tomb so that nobody would come and steal the body. Well, too bad. These guys dropped. And, and the Gospel of John says it says they, they fell down and they looked like dead men when they were laying there. And then these, weren't, these weren't normal. Like when you think about soldiers, this isn't, you know, this isn't, Larry the deacon in a soldier outfit in the, in the Easter play. These are Navy SEALs, I mean, if you're thinking about. These are the guys that, would, that they committed their life to this. Those are the guys that are standing there at the tomb. They were going to do anything they could for this to not happen. And then all of a sudden, earthquake happens. A guy that looks like lightning is, is sitting on the tomb, and they drop out, pass out. They're out. I mean, this is no ordinary scene. And for me, I always have to go back and think about what God's speaking to me this week. That all these stories, 
all these stories are true. This is crazy. And I think about a scene like this with this just explosive resurrection that's happening. Um, I don't know if you've ever, like, has there ever been that moment? I don't know if this is just me. Like, the, the moment that, like, growing up in church, like, hearing something outside and seeing a light flash, like, lightning hitting your yard or something happening where you're like, is the rapture happening right now? Like, is something happening or, like, a jet goes over and you can't tell that it's a jet? I don't know. That might just be me. People are probably tapping comedy on the stream. He's weird. Um, but I, I remember a transformer blew by my house and it just sounded odd. Like, I mean, it's, it's really close to my house. And I mean, it lit up everything, like every window in the house, obviously the electric was affected. And I just sat there for a moment and went, I looked around to see if I got left behind, you know, like, did I say the prayer right? You know, I mean, it was like crazy, but that's the moment. Like when you think about this moment, it, it's 10 times more than that. It is, it is an explosive moment where these guys experienced, everybody w- w- that was there experienced resurrection, this shaking of history being changed, destinies being changed, everything was being changed in this moment. And so the women are there at the tomb, and they see the angel, and the angel, uh, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. Now, they're there, and they're in a conversation I mean, you imagine, I just think about just this earth-shattering moment. And I, I, I remember when I, before I was ever in ministry, and just the, the way that the gospel and the way that things reverberate on planet earth because of the resurrection, and that all God needs is the truth of his word and the power of his spirit. And then we, we're along for the ride. We get to be, God gets to leverage our lives, or, or we get to step in and be a part of the story, but all he needs is him. Like he's not looking at us going, man, I, I hope Derek goes to church today because I really need, you know, this guy over here to, to come to know Jesus. God, next man up. God doesn't, God doesn't need us in that way, but he allows us into the story. And I was, before I was in uh, full-time ministry, I was a volunteer at a church, Cross Creek Church in North St. John's County, and was doing student ministry. I didn't know what I was doing in ministry. Um, I was just, I was bad at all of it uh, at the time. And we had this horrible building, like this little um, office that we use for, for student ministry. And it was, it was tight. Just to say it was small, uh, is an understatement. It was so small and we had a decent amount of students. So we would bring middle schoolers in one night and high schoolers in one night. We decided to do a combo <laughs> event one night. I mean, just pack it out. And we were trying to do, have some production quality and it was terrible. We blacked out all the windows. We were going to do some candles and we were trying to recreate just this experience and try to bring kids in. And I'll just, just so you know, if you ever do student ministry, Teenagers hate everything. Like they're, they're, nothing's cool and nothing's good. And here we are trying to be cool and trying to make. And it it wasn't by any standard, you know, little office building, tiny sweat box. And so we pack all these students in there. Got the windows blacked out. I was leading worship. It was terrible. Uh, there was somebody on djembe uh, doing djembe, and and my one of my friends kind of gave this very simple, clear but simple gospel message. And I'm trying to pick along on the guitar. Get some emotion, you know, see if we can get an emotional response. It's terrible. Um, and and high, what was amazing is something happened in the room. I mean, it was like the transformer blue. It was like the Holy Spirit. It was like the, 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 the power of the resurrection dropped by the power of the Spirit in that room. I, very few times in my life have I experienced anything like this. You could feel the tangible presence of God and his power in the resurrection in the room. Just when the gospel was spoken out of the word of God, my friends just sitting there reading the Bible. And my heart started beating. I think everybody's heart started beating. 
And one after the other, we, we, had, we did an invitation. We'd never done it. It was a Presbyterian church. We'd never done an invitation before. We, did, we opened it up and said, anybody want to give their life to Jesus? And one after the other. And this was no cool passion camp where you just, there was nothing cool about it. And high schoolers, middle schoolers, that hate everything. They, they just roll their eyes at you. I love you high schoolers, middle schoolers. You guys don't roll your eyes at me. You love me, I know. But they do. One after the other, after the other, after the other gave their lives to Jesus. And I was just like, what just happened? I mean, I was looking at my buddy. It's the, it's the power of the resurrection. I called the pastor. I was like, hey, I don't, I don't know if you need to know this, but I ha- we had about 20 plus kids give their lives to Jesus tonight. I don't even know what happened. You might want to say something at church. And he was so faithful. Some of you have met him. Chuck MacArthur, he was, he's been at church here before. Um, amazing pastor. Just said, yeah, we'll change the whole service. And that's weird in a Presbyterian church. I mean, you don't even get up front and speak. Nobody speaks unless you're an elder and you're ordained. And he says, yeah, I'll have, we can have the middle schoolers come up and give testimonies. And they did it in church. And then it happened again. The power of the Spirit came in church. People were like, this is the craziest and best church service ever. Middle schooler after middle schooler. Awkward, clumsy, I mean, just you know, stumbling over words and beautiful. They gave their testimony of coming to know Jesus. Wednesday night, I was there, and something happened, and I believed. I believed all the stories. Everything that I thought was just religion, and my parents brought me in this thing, I all of a sudden knew from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet that all the stories are true, one after the other. All of them came up. And then adults started coming up, crying, going, I don't even know why I'm up here. I don't know why I'm up here. Confessing sin. The Spirit was alive, and it was the power of the Spirit and the resurrection because all the stories are true. So the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. And here it is right here. Here it is. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Come and see the place where he lay. I love what a contemporary pastor says about that passage, that the stone wasn't rolled away so that Jesus could get out. He wasn't in there going, Hey, I got up about two in the morning when God raised me up by the power of God. I need to get out of here. Can I get out? Is there an angel that can? No, Jesus was walking through walls. He was long. He, had, he left. The angel rolled back the stone, not so that Jesus could get out of the tomb. The angel rolled back the stone so that you and I could come and see what God had done. We could look in and see that the tomb is empty, that he is risen, that today Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And you know what's powerful? is that This story continues in Matthew. Maybe you could read this with your family today, but this story continues in Matthew. And the soldiers leave. They think, okay, we're in trouble because Jesus is gone. We don't know where he is. So they go talk to the political leaders, religious leaders, and the Roman officials and say, hey, I know we were supposed to guard the tomb, but we fell down like dead men. There was a man like lightning that rolled back the tomb. We don't even know what happened, but we got to do something. And so they, they literally, you read in here, they concocted a robbery story and said, you got to say that they came and they robbed. You got beat up. I know you're a Navy SEAL and all that, but you got to concoct a story that the disciples came and they took the body. I love that they concocted a robbery story. Because there was, there, was, there was a robbery story, all right. But the disciples weren't the ones that robbed the grave. God came in and he robbed the keys to sin and death. He robbed the, the, the world of death and dying. He came in and he himself robbed the grave. All these stories we're reading today. The scriptures, the witnesses, 
All these stories, all these stories are true. It just blows me away when I think about this. What are the implications, just as we end today, what an amazing thought today, that what we need on Easter is to know and understand that we serve a Jesus who is alive right now. That what we read in Scripture, that these stories are true. And what are the implications? If all these stories are true, then guess what? If you're a Jesus follower, your sins don't define you. If all these stories are true, your mistakes don't define you. If all these stories are true, your sins don't define you. If all these stories are true, then we don't have to fear, like Antley said. If all these stories are true, Jesus is alive. If all these stories are true, he's coming back. If all these stories are true, then everything that is sad will come untrue. If all these stories are true, then he will wipe every tear from every eye. If all are true as a Jesus follower, I am free. All these stories are true, then I'm free from sin and death, from pain, from sickness, from cancer, from all the things that plague planet earth. I am free from death if all these stories are true. And I can tell you with everything that I am, I wouldn't be sitting here today if I didn't believe that all these stories are true. So what I would say to you, I don't know where you are, but I feel like we're in a critical time of, of life here on Resurrection Sunday. Smiling because we think we're, like people think the church is in a weakened state and God's like, they don't even know that I'm made powerful in their weakness because revival's getting ready to start. Power's getting, getting ready to get unleashed. God's saying, okay, look out world. In the midst of the, the pressure cooker of planet earth, when the political leaders and everybody's scrambling, thinking about other things, God's working and he's moving your heart. He's doing something in your life right now. So I know there's somebody watching right now. You, you, you don't know. You're wondering, what is this? And the Holy Spirit's entered your, your house. He's entered, you're, you're by yourself or you're with your family or you're sitting there and you're going, what's happening to me right now in my room? What's happening and, and why, why do I feel this way? And I'll tell you why. It's because Jesus has come. The Holy Spirit has come. And come on. I've been here all along. I've been pursuing you. I've been coming after you. I'm alive. You didn't think I was alive. You didn't believe all the stories are true, but all the stories are true. And all, he, all he's looking for, for anything because he paid it all is for you to say, I've tried everything. I've run after everything and it hasn't worked. And I realize right now that you are the son of God, that you died so that I could be in a relationship with you, that I, I realize now that I was created by and for you. And I was supposed to be with you. I want to walk away from that life. And I want to walk into a life with you. And you know what? Jesus has always been there with open arms. Waiting for you to come home. Church, I, I love you. If you've given your life to Jesus today. Man, I would say connect with whoever invited you to, to join the stream today. Man, it's, it's an amazing season to be alive. It's an amazing season to be a part of the church. And God is doing something powerful. I just want to say. Happy Easter, and I want to pray, and then we'll go. God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are alive, that we, we, we serve a risen Savior, that we, we can believe in our heart by the power of the Spirit that all these stories that we read, these eyewitness accounts that you've given us, that they're true. And I thank you that they've reverberated all the way to us here in the United States of America, all the way to this town, Jacksonville Beach, to this church, Ocean City Church. And God, I pray that we're the church that continues to 
ring the bell and let it reverberate out from here. We love you. We worship you. God, let every, every day of our lives be resurrection day. That we live in the power of the resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you. Have an amazing rest of your Easter Sunday resurrection day. We'll see you next week.